Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone for another episode of Bedrock and Balderstone. And tonight we're talking about Bohemian Rhapsody, but we're doing it in a slightly different way. Normally me and Adam both watch something, and then we talk <laughs> about it. But this time, I watched something twice, so once for each of us, and, um, and Adam is now going to be sort of more here as a, as a curious questioner I think of my own experience as a yeah, as a movie. You stole you stole my viewing from me, so yeah. I, I just have to have to talk with you as a someone because I'm interested. It's definitely a movie I want to see. I just as the same craziness that's making us late on podcasts is also making it, it difficult for me to see movies. It's definitely worth seeing. Now, are you a Queen fan? Because I he, actually I don't think me and Adam ever have talked about Queen before, so I'm curious. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I they're a band I've always liked. I mean, pretty much my whole life. It's, <laughs> I, I don't know many people that don't like them, to be honest. I've met a few. I've met a few. It's always surprising when I do, though. And they're usually not happy people, I've discovered. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's definitely like a... There's definitely there's definitely people the Queen rubs the wrong way. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it is, it's very... Uh, very uh, over the top music, so I, I can see people being annoyed by it, but I'm I'm fine with it. I mean, I've I've liked Queen for some time. Well, I, my first encounter with them was when I saw The Highlander as a kid. And, oh yeah, and yeah. um, and I don't think the first time I saw it, I probably didn't notice, but then when I rented it because I was so into the movie, I watched it with my dad, and and that you know it says like music by Queen at the start. And my dad was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And I was like, what's that? And, he, and he's like, oh, Queen, they were like a really strange band from the 70s. And, uh-huh. and that just piqued my interest in them. And then I started paying attention to the music of the movie. And, you know, and then as, as I learned more about music, it was a band that was among people I knew that played instruments. They were always very respected just because of all the experimentation. And Brian May is not just a good guitarist, but... He's like a technical master of getting the guitar to sound the way that like like he understands how the actual sound operates as it goes through all of the, you know, different <laughs> amplifiers and how the electrical stuff all works. There are videos of him on YouTube just breaking it all down. And and Freddie Mercury has this amazing voice that is pretty unique, I think. Um yeah, so, my you know since you, since you mentioned Highlander was, was your introduction. Like so I, I was aware of Queen, but I I, I very distinctly remember uh, when I was a kid. I lived in Kuwait for a while, and I was so was, I was out of touch with pop culture. But I went over to a friend's house, and he had a video on, and I was like, "Watch this amazing movie you're watching." Because he was watching Flash Gordon, and I which I hadn't heard anything mm-hmm. about, and I was just like. Wow, it was it was like near the end, and there were like the Hawkmen flying around and the the Queen music playing. I'm like, this is great, and he's just like, oh, it's Flash Gordon. It 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 sucks. And I yeah. was just, and it, and it was like it was the first time I'd ever like hung out with this kid. I just knew at that moment when he's like, oh, this movie sucks. I was just like, we we are not gonna be friends. Yeah. It's like we're gonna I'll get along with you fine, <laughs> but no, we will never be friends. The first time I saw Flash Gordon, it was just like one of those movies where I was like, I like it, it's the perfect film to see at like 2 a.m. Number one, which is the first time <laughs> I saw it. But yeah. it's just it's just a, it's it's a great movie. Like it's the kind of movie you will stay up to watch to the end. And and and, and I mean, all the stuff that people would say it sucks for is all deliberate. I mean, it's not like it's, yeah. you know, 
but you have Queen, you have Brian Blessed in there, you have this, you know, just this really interesting take on on Flash Gordon. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a good movie. My understanding is that soundtrack I think was largely Brian May's work. I think he was the one who did really? the bulk of the of the lifting on that. Um, yeah, but. I because if you buy the album, it doesn't sound like a normal Queen album. It's not like the uh, no, it really like, does. Like the the music for the Highlanders from it's a kind of magic, and that's like a proper Queen album. Do you know what I mean? But th- this this feels very different. Um, but anyways, getting into Bohemian Rhapsody, mm-hmm. I saw it like I don't know three or four weeks ago when it came out with my wife, and then I went and I saw it again like two days ago, and 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 just to give you an idea of of how good I think this movie is. And you might not agree with me when you go see it. I'd be very interested to, to get your opinion. But yeah. the theater I had to go see it into the second time had only three rows. It was like one of those really small theaters. And the front row was like right up against the screen. And yeah, so my three rows? It had three rows. I was So my we get there and I call my friend. He's like, I'm here, but there's a problem. They only got the front row because it's a small theater. And I remember thinking, how small can the theater be? Like... When I went to see it, there was nobody in the theater. And granted, it was like at, you know, 10 o'clock at night. But, you know, and he's like, no, it's probably all like, you know, middle-aged couples coming in midday or something. Because we went like early in the day. And I was like, I don't know. So we get there and we see it's only three rows. It was a really small theater. And the first row is really up close against the screen. But the real big insult is there was 20 feet between the second row and the first row. So they could have moved... Do you know what I mean? Like there was no reason for the front row to be at the sort of, you know, at that neck breaking angle that it had to be at. And on top of that, we we get there and eventually people do file in and the place does fill up. But the guy who sits next to me smelled terrible. He clearly hadn't showered. Um, and, And he was just from the little that I was able to discern about him from like the way he ate his popcorn and the comments he made. He was just not a. He was not a a personality that I wanted to be near. That you know, watching the movie, um, I just didn't like this guy. But 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 those distractions aside, I, I once the movie started, I was I was once again fully immersed in the film. Um, yeah. And so, you know, to to me, this is just it's just a great. Um, I don't know how to put it. it. It it's obviously done for the fans. Do you know what I mean? It's done for people who like Queen. And it, and it almost kind of thumbs its nose at the critics. Like, I don't know if you remember a few years ago, there was that, um, there was that uh, what was it, Walk Hard movie that was sort of a parody of the biopics that had been coming out up until that time. Did yeah. You, did you see that film? Well, I haven't seen it, but I'm aware of it. I, so, I, I know, I, I, I've been meaning to, but so, no. <laughs> but they make fun of all of the tropes that are in the biopic films. You know I mean, especially of yes. Ray and Walk the Line. And... And, and 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 after that came out you almost it's it's almost like you really can't make a biopic and 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 do the things that they're making fun of because people are so hyper aware of them do you know what i mean yeah but this movie yes. does all the things that, <laughs> that do you know what i'm saying it's it's and, and i and i kind of glad it did do you know what i mean because uh-huh. the thing that i think sort of sets queen apart from a lot of other bands is they kind they embrace sentimentality in a way that yeah. is very unjaded. And so I think this movie is a very unjaded biopic as a result. It's sort of that it's in that vein of um it, it it's just it's just not very pretentious. Do you know what I mean? It's very well yeah. made. It's very well uh, made. 
Oh, go ahead. Making, making a crowd-pleasing, emotional, just grab, you know, kind of movie for about Queen. It's like, yeah, like you say, it just works. It, it's like that. They, they can get away with it in that case, I think. Well, and not just that, but they also managed to keep it mainly about the music. And so there was, you know, there was a lot of, you know, concern in the buildup in the lead-up to the film about how it was going to deal with, you know, him dying of, of AIDS and mm -hmm. and the homosexuality and how deep they were going to get into sort of, you know, that that territory. And, yeah. you know, it's a complicated issue because when he died, you know, soon after, like uh, right up before and soon after, the press were pretty merciless in their treatment of him. And one of the mm -hmm. angles they were really taking was sort of, uh, you know, almost blaming him for his own death because they were, they would basically say he was promiscuous and he deserved what he got. And so yeah. the band, I feel like they sort of, their defensive stance against that was to protect him and to, to you know, like focus more on, on the legacy of his music, not on, you know, the, the salacious gossip. And, and so I think going in expecting the movie to be salacious is unrealistic as a result. You know what I mean? It's not going to be a, um, they're not going to linger on those kind of details because they don't want to give uh, credence to the things that were coming out in the wake of his death. Yeah. Um, and so, but it still deals with it very honestly. Do you know what I mean? It still, it, you know, it addresses all the stuff in his life that needs to be addressed. It, it deals with, uh, with, with, with AIDS and it deals with all that, the, you know, all of those important details. Some of the things that it does that people might not like is it gets the chronology a little bit wrong for the sake of storytelling. So he finds out that he has HIV way before he really did. Um, they have mm -hmm. him learn about it before the, the live aid concert uh, in order to give the live aid concert a little bit more weight, but also I think so that they can get those narrative threads in before the finale of the film, because yeah, that's a pretty common thing to do uh, in these movies. I mean, like, in Man in the Moon, the Andy Kaufman one, they they have they 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 have his cancer diagnosis before his big performance yeah. at Carnegie Hall, for example, just so it's his big final yeah. hurrah, you know, when he knows he's dying. But uh, yeah, well, so that's 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 it. Talk, you know what you're talking about standard biopic moves. That is a that is a classic one. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 the thing is, like you know, I studied history, so I kind of get. I think I think that there's one way to there's a couple of ways to look at this. On the one hand, it is an inaccurate chronology, but on the other hand, yeah. it's an accurate overview of things that happened. Do you know what I mean? So like you're sort of like because they had that Live Aid concert as the climax, they couldn't get they they couldn't they couldn't leap to years after that to deal with the HIV issues. So they yeah. kind of had to bring it in just so that they could even tackle it at all. Because if they, if they didn't, then it wouldn't have even been addressed. It would have just been the note at the end of the movie. End of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I mean, I don't know. I don't, I think with, with, with biopics that carry a sizable part of someone's life, I, I don't really have any expectation that you're, I don't go to see them because I want to learn about this person because yeah. No, you go. It's it's like seeing a tribute band or something. Yeah, you know, you yeah. go because it's like I just want to revel in this person's life for a little bit. So accuracy, you know, like you know, if you have those movies, you know, where they they're covering like one week in someone famous's life, it's like yeah, then then you can maybe do some historical accuracy. But I, it's uh, you know, I'd read a book if I wanted to like learn the true details of someone's life. No. No, I would agree. And I think what you're going to get from this film is you get a you get a really 
good depiction of Freddie Mercury um, uh-huh. by the actor. Now, now the actor, in my opinion, looks nothing like Freddie Mercury. I think that's one of the yeah. maybe one of the bigger weaknesses in the movie. But he, but the performance is really good. Like he, he, he gets the, he sort of gets the uh, the two ends of the spectrum. You have sort of the the really uh, confident performer with all the charisma on stage, but he he really uh, emphasizes the shyness that you hear about with Freddie Mercury. You know when he's actually dealing with people off stage. Do you know what I mean? And so, yeah. um, and they do get into some of the other things too, like you know some of the wildness and stuff. But, but it, it, to, I, I thought that it worked because it it was a it was a much more human performance than if he was like you know stage Freddie Mercury the whole time. Um, yeah, and, and it's I mean, I, for me, I ultimately, I mean. If somebody doesn't look like a famous person in a movie, it might bother me for like the first five minutes or so. But if they're giving a good performance, I'd rather have the person who's going to give a really good performance than the person that looks like them and just it's like, yeah, we cast this person because they look like them. Yep. You end up you ultimately end up with a better movie. No, and, and and I will say for the rest of the band, the people they got looked pretty identical to them. But they <laughs> but their roles are, are significantly smaller. Like they're they're definitely you know, I mean, they get plenty of uh, space in the movie, but the focus is clearly Freddie Mercury. Do you know what I mean? Like that is the the yeah. the, the 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 focus of the film. Um, but you do get a sense of the band, and you also get the the accurate sense that this was a band, that it wasn't just Freddie Mercury. Do you know what I mean? I think that's that's yeah. one of the thing. I think a lot of the people that are criticizing the film are uh, are missing is they don't seem to understand that even when he was uh, alive. He resisted the label of being called the leader of the band. He always made a point of saying he was the lead singer, but he was, you know, one among, you know, four people. Yeah, Uh, I think I think I might be wrong on this statistic, but I seem to remember a trivia point I heard somewhere about Queen once was that it's the only band where every band member wrote a number one hit song. (laughs) I I think that's probably true. It's it's one of the few bands where if you listen to a typical Queen album, you'll hear other people singing on it. You won't just hear Freddie Mercury. You hear, uh, you know, you hear Brian May or Roger Taylor singing on the, on the, you know, this, often the songs that they wrote. And yeah. it's one of the things that gives Queen this variety that makes them, you know, kind of, kind of unique. And, um, and also, you know, it, it, they're the kind of band that, you know, every, I mean, people contribute to different amounts, but you got a sense of everybody contributing to the, to the music overall. Um, you know, obviously, I think like, I think it's, you know, uh, Mercury, May and uh, Taylor and then, um, you know, Deacon probably. But but it's, it's, it's a band. It's not it's it's not a one man show. And no, I think definitely. But I think something's happened where a lot of people are familiar with the iconography of Mercury and they're not as familiar with the music. And so they a- anticipate, uh, you know, less band, more focus on him. Um, but but again, it's, it, it is about Freddie, but. It, 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 the 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 real star of the of the movie is the music. Do you know what I mean they focus on the on 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 the musicianship, on the writing, and I think the closest movie I can sort of compare it to for that reason is Amadeus. Where like you know you watch Amadeus and you get all this crazy stuff that Amadeus did, but the real the real thing that's the sort of center of the film is Amadeus's genius. That's what's that's that's why Salieri is the contrast. That's why he's the bad guy because it's yeah. Salieri's mediocrity against the genius of Mozart. And so you, you, this is that kind of movie where the where the 
where it takes the music seriously. It's not just sort of like a. Um, you will get those few moments that you always get in a biopic where somebody gets an idea and it's sort of you know it, you know you could sort of, where the genesis of an idea is a little too cleanly packaged, but yeah. but but you also get like a real I don't know I, I feel like there's there was an effort made to kind of understand you know how this music was constructed um, you know so like the the center of the film is like the midway point like the literal center not the not necessarily the thematic center but it might be is the recording of Bohemian Rhapsody for the Night at the Opera album. And 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 again, it doesn't go into as much depth as the uh as the documentary on Bohemian Rhapsody does, which goes into tremendous depth. But sure. but it uh it goes I I feel like they cover all that ground, you know, fairly well. Um, yeah, exactly like I said it's, you know, when you do a movie that covers a short period of time, if they wanted to do a movie about the making of that album, then you could really get into it. But yeah. there's only only so much you can do. <laughs> but what's interesting is the film ends with the Live Aid concert and they pretty much do the whole concert. Like like I haven't yeah. I haven't like lined it up and been like did they skip over any bits? But like I mean, I've seen the Live Aid concert and yeah. it's like it's like it's like 20 something minutes of music at the end of this film. Um, yeah, and it's still the, still the that. movie. It's like you're still watching the movie. It's not like credits are rolling and Live Aid is going on. Um, so I thought that was an interesting move because it's kind of an odd structure to kind of end it with like a 20 minute concert. Do you know what I mean? It's a um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it, I guess it worked. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of another movie that did something like that. But I'm not coming up with anything. No, because there's there's really I mean it's almost it's almost not like it's not a typical climax like it's uh, you know you know I mean a lot of people are attacking the movie for being you know like kind of a cookie cutter biopic in some ways but like to me that was a that was an unusual uh, way to end the film and it was it was I think pretty risky because what happens if like you you're sort of you're sort of highlighting their greatest works over the course of this movie in really amplified ways and yeah. it's easy to win people over that way but what if you get to the concert and it doesn't have the same resonance that it had at the time that they did it do you know what i mean like yeah. like all it takes is people in 2018 not digging one of those songs and the ending kind of falls apart do you know? but uh but it worked um and so so I, you know so again i think and also there was a lot of slick editing in this movie. Like, again, you know, the, it's, it, it does do all the biopic things, but it's a really well-crafted movie. You know, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's one that I think deliberately doesn't please critics. There's a, there's a section at the, like after they film or not after, after they, after they record Bohemian Rhapsody, they sort of go into the, like they, they do the video of it where you have all four heads in the darkness and they're singing. And then they, they put blurbs up from the critics and they're all, like the negative blurbs that queen you know has gotten you know uh and so i feel like that was you know i I think that that's sort of they knew going in when they made the movie that this was sort of a movie for fans and and not for critics and if you look at rotten tomatoes i haven't looked at it in a week so maybe it shifted but a week ago it was like 94 percent favorable among viewers and like 60 for critics and like 40 something for like the top critics so like the disparity it was almost the reverse of star wars the last jedi (laughs) um and so i think i think that 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 gulf is is going to become significant uh 
over time now. I think I think we've reached a point where maybe the critical assessment of films and the regular viewer assessment is is pretty wide apart. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it, it was. I, I think definitely. Well, it's it's interesting actually because for so long critics making a biopic was you know even if it was the most formulaic world thing in the world was uh it was a really surefire way to get critics behind you a lot of the time mm. like critics would always eat those up as a formula and that's you know you kind of bring up the walk hard thing maybe it's maybe some like critics have gone they're like afraid to like the the, the classic biopic that's sort uh, of what i'm getting at because like a lot of that Judd Apatow style humor, it's kind of like this jaded look. It's sort of like you're making fun of people for achieving things and doing things. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I liked Walk Hard. I thought Walk Hard was a really funny movie, actually. Like, it, it, because it kind of took the topic seriously. Like, they actually made real music to go with it. And uh, there, there are a lot of really bad biopics. Too. Yeah. I mean, I, I the formula can be done well, but for everyone that does it well, there's about nine that you're just yeah. like. You know, you just well, watch it, and it, it's trying. It's it's just it's it's it just feels rote and mechanical. The the one that never landed for me was Great Balls of Fire. Um, yeah, that one exactly. always stuck out. And maybe it's a product of its time, but like, there's a there's a really diff, there's there's even one moment in the movie where the line kind of blurs between this being a movie about about a person and this being like a music video about it you know what i mean it just yeah. it just it, it just didn't work um and uh but yeah i think i mean biopics they're tricky because uh so number one I, I should preface this with you know when i was a history student biographies were considered like the bottom of the barrel pulpy thing for historians to read like biography is like the lowest on the totem pole <laughs> yeah. of, of all but i always secretly loved biographies they were my favorite thing to read do you know what I mean? Because yeah. because it's about a specific person. Do you know what I mean? And so and there's something much more compelling about a specific person than you know some long event with vague forces driving it. And you know, so I always liked biographies, and uh, and not that there aren't biographies that are reputable. Just that generally speaking, you know, it's more interesting than agricultural trends of the 13th century. Well, like I had, I I remember at one point I walked into class with a biography of Saint Paul, and I. <laughs> My my teacher kind of you know gave me gave me a, a lecture on you know on 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 on, on where biographies stand in the <laughs> you know in the field. Um, maybe things have changed since I was a student, and maybe it was just the teachers I had. But but biographies were generally frowned upon, and and I feel like it's sort of similar with biopics. Like they're kind of dismissed as this sort of you know you know they're 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 not always. Um, again i think i think i think especially because a lot of the biopics we get tend to be about musicians for some reason and music tends to drive them you know music is one of these things where i think i think i think sophisticated people are somewhat wary of music because it it can immediately impact you and affect you and has this power and any visual medium that's sort of paired with it it's it's maybe viewed a little bit with suspicion but i i i I like music and I like being affected by music that way. I like allowing music to affect me that way. And, and I think this is a kind of movie that does that. It's sort of, it's sort of the, you know, it's, and, and again, that's in the spirit of queen. This is a band that, that was inspired by musicals half the time. Do you know what I mean? Like the, like show tunes were a big part of, of, you know, what made queen 
Queen's sound work, you know, in addition to a lot of other elements, you know. Um, and so, you know, that, and that's, if you, if you ever see a musical, that's kind of what that's about. You know, it's that, it's that uh, you sort of, you know, you sort of giving in to sort of the, the emotional impact that music can have and, and you're allowing it to kind of uh, sort of... Uh, have all these it's sort of the thing that makes all these other elements of the show enter into your mind so easily do you know what i mean yeah um, no i i agree and i you're, you're right the, the critics critics are always very wary of a movie that you know that you you often hear the criticism of emotional manipulation you yeah know, which which technically is something all movies are trying to do but some of them are more obvious about it than others but yeah i mean I I I have two minds, but I mean, there's definitely movies where I feel like yeah, this movie's trying and failing yeah. to manipulate me. And I can see the wires, but I, I I'm not I'm not you know I, I think some critics get too obsessed with looking for the wires. You yeah, know, they get they look for the wires when and, they, and it just ruins their ability to to really just sink into a movie. I mean, I want to go and I want to have an experience, and to an extent, I want to be manipulated. You know? It's yeah, like, exactly. It's like I, I want. Like, I w- I want you to succeed. I'm willing to meet you halfway, Mr. Movie Maker. Like to bring up another <laughs> biopic, an immortal beloved, there's that line where um I forget his assistant's name, but he had that assistant who um uh he asks him, you know, what you know, you know, what's like what what's what's the meaning of music or what you know, what what what's music all about? And the guy says it like he gives some, you know, really trite answer, like, you know, it it it, it elevates the soul or so, something like that. Okay. He he it was it was slightly more poetic language. And Beethoven, you know, played by Gary Oldman, you know, basically scowls and I think he's writing at this point because he uh uh oh no, the guy's writing to him and he's speaking. And he says, he says, no, no, you know, if you hear a march, you march. You know, if you hear a dance, you dance. Music yeah. tells you what to do. And, and like, in, in some ways that's true. Like, you know, that's, what, that's sort of what music does. But you have to allow it to do it. You have to, you have to be open to it, do, doing that to you. And, and so with, with uh, you know, with movies, you know, I can, I can get up and walk away if I don't like the way a movie is manipulating me. But if I like it, I just I continue to watch it. Do you know what I mean? That's sort of, and so so I so I agree with you. I think that uh, um, you know pe- people sometimes you, you got to just kind of give in to the experience of a movie and, and yeah. not be so guarded. Uh, well, it's, I mean, it goes back around. I mean, biopics and Queen are an interesting combination because they are both. You know that that's something you know Queen is accused of. It's, oh, it's they're just bombastic manipulation it's just so over the top and trying to you know there's nothing genuine there and like you get the same argument on biopics a lot so but you know there it's it's a yeah it's, it is kind of the perfect storm for cr- critics to get upset about it but here's the counter argument to that like they say like okay there's nothing there right like it's uh like like take a song like um uh the show must go on from innuendo right in, yeah. you know that that's like I mean it, it, it's it's one of these kinds of songs that's sort of like you know between the 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 chord progression and the um, and the meaning and messaging of the song it would if you're jaded it seems <laughs> like you know oh that's like a you know uh, it's a really easy thing to be cynical about that kind of sentiment right like the show must yeah. go on but then when you apply the context of what was happening to the to the band and to Freddie Mercury at the time that this guy is dying of AIDS and he's yeah. singing the song, the show must go on. You know, it's sort of like the, uh, 
sentimentality can be this really naive thing, but it can also be the product of like undergoing all of the horrors of the world and realizing there's value in it. Do you know what I mean? And so well, sometimes, sometimes it's just genuine emotion, not yeah. not false sentiment. I mean, it's yeah. a, like I said, some you know, I, I comment up. Some critics look too hard for the wire. Sometimes there isn't actually a wire there. Sometimes it's just the real thing. Yeah, and, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. So, but I feel like with Queen, you that's sort of the thing that makes it so stark is the fact that you know, like you you in the hands of another band, you might have heard that song and said, "Well, what do they know?" But yeah. you can't really dismiss Freddie Mercury saying that to you when he's dying of AIDS. Like it's like, look, I'm dying of AIDS and I'm still singing this song. What are you doing? Like, why are you not getting? You know, it's very inspirational. And um, you know, and just to to bring it to connect that point, like I, uh, you know, I I actually wrote an email to Brian May about that. I I, I somehow found some weird email address online and and wrote a message and. And and I and I was saying like you know I I was really sick and this this song in particular I found very inspirational and he wrote me yeah. back and and I got and like again you know uh, I'm uh, you know I, I don't I don't want to discuss the details of the message because that's private but I was very impressed by the words that were in the email from him it was clearly him and it was it's it sort of uh, to me it just hammered home the fact that this was like a because he wrote that song, like him and Freddie worked on it together, and and he, I think he wrote most of the verses after the first verse, and so I feel like that shows that you know it's a, um, like you said, it's a genuine sentiment that it was it was connected to things that were going on in their lives at the time, and it's I don't know, it's kind of like a powerful song as a result, and I think yes. that that this this movie is similar, you know, it's it's that kind of a thing. Um, so and and another another thing you know to get onto a lighter topic because that's pretty yeah. heavy um, <laughs> is uh, I was thinking about it right this movie ends at Live Aid right and one of the things people were complaining about is well we're never going to see all the stuff that happens with Freddie when he's dying of AIDS and you know all this all this like other second act stuff that Queen was doing that was so important and I realized that hey, this movie is like exceeded like all other biopic films in terms of its box office. Like it's a huge, huge success. Like, like, like I don't, man, I'm not good with numbers like that, but like from what I gathered, it's done really, really well. And if anybody has information, otherwise certainly send it in. But what I was hearing was that this is like a huge, huge hit, like beyond what any, anyone would expect. And so that tells me it might've been smart to end at the live aid thing because yeah. they could do a sequel. Do you know what I mean? And I don't think there's ever they been a could. biopic sequel. Do you know what I mean? Right? Like, can you think of a biopic sequel that's been done? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. I'll, if anything comes to me, I'll blurt it out. But, but, uh, but, uh, but yeah. I, th- I think another element, too, though, is just, I don't, I don't, you know, I mean, I think, I think Freddie Mercury would be fine with that being his, you know, that that's that would be of that being the way he's remembered yeah. i mean you know it's like i don't i you know i, I mean i don't think he, he'd want a life story of him to be wallowing and then getting sick and dying i mean i don't think that just doesn't seem well like the approach he would want well to if the story if they made that movie i don't think that they would emphasize the wallowing i think they would emphasize no, I, that. I, I, i'm yeah. not got the second movie i'm yeah. just i'm talking i'm not talking about doing a sequel i'm talking mm. about just the first movie as it mm. stands i'm yeah sequel sequel is a whole different thing i'm just saying uh i i think it's 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 i think i think he would want 
his a movie about his life to end on a high note, basically. Well, well I think that's the, that's the other facet here is. I mean, it's it's clearly significant that he died of AIDS, but the problem that you run into if you reduce Freddie Mercury to sort of being, you know, the the musician who died of AIDS is you ignore all of his other... Yeah. Know, I mean, the reason he's famous isn't because he died of AIDS. The reason he's famous is because he was a brilliant musician and a brilliant writer and a brilliant singer. And, and, and it's almost... It, 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 when, you, when you start trying to make him like a poster child for all these other things that were part of his life... Yeah. It it reduces him a little bit, and that kind of is a just as somebody who likes music that that does irk me because I think that uh, you know especially if you look at a song like Bohemian Rhapsody, it just that's a really unique song. It, it, not many people would have been able to come up with that. That was a really clever idea, and, yeah, uh, and that's does. just one example. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, exactly. I mean that that. I mean, it's notable. It's not something that should be ignored, but it, it, it shouldn't be the as defining thing. I don't think anyone would want that. I mean, I I actually knew a fair number of people that died of AIDS because my sister was a ballet dancer, mm -hmm. and that community just got ravaged. Because it was in the late 80s and 90s yeah. when she was a ballet dancer, and it's like so many really talented dancers and choreographers are just, just gone. No, <laughs> and that... That is one of the things that the movie does do well is if you grew up during that period where I, I was born in 76. So I, I was kind of coming online just as AIDS was like being discovered. Like, I, yeah. you know, I remember sort of, you know, it, it, like it, it sort of slowly became defined as AIDS. But it was this this really sort of eerie thing initially. And it really captures that that uh, that confusion and that. um uh, just the atmosphere surrounding it, um, yeah. You know, uh, and they do they do a pretty good job of that. I think. I think that I think they actually did a a really nice job of of blending the news media of the day for, with the events that are going on in the film. Um, but again, it's all the focus is still the the music, which I think is what it should be. So it's it's kind of um, it, it's 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 a really surprisingly well balanced film as a result. Um, and again, one of the things I got to say about it is that just just in terms of the music, they really, they, again, if if chronology is an issue for you, you might you might take exception if they're on a tour and they're playing a song that they hadn't written, you know, for two <laughs> years from now. But but they but but musically, the film works really really well. Uh, yeah. And it and if you're a fan, you'll you'll like what you're hearing and it'll it'll you know you'll you'll sort of know all the music, but you'll kind of hear it in new ways because of where it's placed and how it's how it's either mixed or or just amplified or you know what it's paired with but if you're if you're new to queen you're gonna it's it's a really great first exposure i think to some of their music it gives you a real nice overview of all their material and um and yeah so i think you know i i my, my, i only have one real criticism in the movie which is at one point in the film uh they're they're trying to convince uh uh, uh i think the, the the some some record exec who's played by Mike Myers, which was a really interesting choice, um, to uh -uh. to 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 make Bohemian Rhapsody the single of A Night at the Opera, and he's he doesn't want to do it because it's it's too long, and they have uh, Roger Taylor call Bohemian Rhapsody bow rap, and and maybe I mean it was the seventies, and so there was sort of a there was a period where people were sort of condensing what they said in the seventies, but that to me felt like a very modern kind of. Uh, yeah, that that doesn't 
feel, I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe it was a real thing, but it doesn't feel right at least. Yeah. It feels like a modern, like, like a, like the thing we do with celebrity couples. Do you know what I mean? It felt like yeah. that sort of a thing. Um, so that was the only moment that kind of leapt out through the screen at me. Um, but it's possible I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe Roger Taylor called it bow rap and I just didn't realize it. Um, yeah. If but, you're listening, Roger, just just send us an email and we'll we'll correct it in the next podcast. But um, but yeah, so I I I, I think it's a, a a really good movie, and I I was I was I I was I, I enjoyed it so much I had to go see it again like a week or two later. Um, yeah, and I'll, and I'll be I'll be curious to see what what your reaction is. Hopefully, you won't see it and be you know have the complete opposite reaction now that i've had this like uh, another podcast yeah. about me complaining about how <laughs> terrible it is yeah yeah <laughs> and, um, but yeah no it's it's very celebratory but also appropriate at the right moments and uh and i think uh if you're if you're a fan of the band you'll and you and you know you you know you sort of you'll you'll see a lot of what you have been thinking about just hearing their lyrics and stuff do you know what i mean like you'll yeah. you'll get a you'll you kind of gets deep into like one of the core things that sort of maybe was driving Freddie Mercury as a person. And I think that comes through in his lyrics and it comes through in the storyline in the film. And, uh, yeah, it's just a good movie. And, uh, I, uh, I mean, they, you know, like I said, it could have been more accurate maybe, but like, I, I think when you have the band's approval, it's kind of more okay. Do you know what I mean? Like if, cause yeah. I feel like if the band is saying this movie is okay, they're kind of saying, yeah, that gets at the truth of it, even if it's not in the right order. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, exactly. but yeah, so we'll, we'll let you go. I know Adam has to get to something tonight and I have mm-hmm. things to get to too. Um, but again, it's Bohemian Rhapsody. I just wanted to do a podcast on it because uh, I've been meaning to do stuff about music on here. We haven't really done it. And, uh, and I, and I'm a really big queen fan and I'd like to, uh, to, 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 you know, when we were going to do the, the the musical segment on the podcast the first album i wanted to do is queen 2 um and so uh you know maybe we'll get to that but if we don't this will this will hold us over and uh and yeah so so again you can check it out it's still in the theaters i i do highly recommend it again if if you're it's a movie for fans though so like it's a movie meant for people who like going to the movies to have fun not 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 if you're you know if you're if you, if you bring your your overly analytical mind into the theater you might not enjoy it as much so just keep that in mind and uh and and yeah so until uh next time we'll talk to you later 